there's so many impactful points of a person's life. You can't assume you know somebody. You never know what goes on behind closed doors. I don't think there's a time you remember seeing my father without a drink uh, in his hand or, or a cigarette. He was a good man. Uh, never at one point in my life that I feel not loved, regardless of what he had going on, but you just, you just knew. He, he, was like, he was a hard man. I had no financial aid paperwork, and so I couldn't pay the bill. And I got kicked out of school that didn't even start. Everything I owned was in a 1986 Chevy Monza. I ended up going back to the school uh, a couple days later. Um, and I was standing in line to, uh, trying to get some financial aid and uh, the track coach was standing there and the guy, I didn't know it was track coach at the time, but he's saying, you need help? And he kind of took me in and started explaining the paperwork to me and gave me the right people and uh, ended up running track for him. Uh, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm honored to, to be able to do this job. I'm honored to be able to represent uh, my race uh, with a uniform. Um, and I'm honored to be able to go out there and, and be able to, to be able to be in a position to make a difference. Um, uh, I wake up every day and um, I'm just amazed that I get to go to work and, and do the things that I do. And uh, it, it's just, it's an impressive feeling. And, and I don't think a lot of people feel that way. As an adult, you need to always keep in mind, you, you still learn. I learn every day. This week on American Reel, we bring you Sammy Davis, a sergeant and director of training for the Broome County Police Academy in upstate New York. Sammy takes us along for a Sunday street ride on his lifelong journey, which wasn't always smooth. As the youngest of 12 children, there were lots of bumps in the road he was challenged to overcome, including losing both of his parents before the age of 13. He had to learn how to stand up for himself and in the process developed a gift in standing up for others thriving in his law enforcement career. The sergeant tells us about how he's found his passion in helping to develop some of New York's finest of tomorrow. On this Mother's Day, he gives a great deal of credit to his wife, who helped him navigate the system which propelled his career. I applaud Sammy for his incredible determination. I thank him and all the men and women of law enforcement for their tireless service and I'm honored to deliver the sergeant's empowering story with you today. And speaking of empowering stories, how would you like to find your voice and own your story? I'd like to personally invite you to join our live tribe and take our 21-day challenge through our free private Facebook group. Your challenge will be to post a live 60-second video each day for 21 straight days to build skills of confidence, commitment, leadership, and accountability 
all while growing your network with like-minded people from around the world. You'll quickly see how turning up each day gives you more clarity, purpose, and drive to become your best self. American Real is here to support you and provide you with the tools you need to become more present and conscious in valuing the power of your own story. Click on the link below and join American Real Live Tribe 21 and start your 21-day challenge today. And now, without further ado, I bring to you Mr. Sammy Davis. And welcome to American Real. This is Roger Brooks, and today my very special guest is Sammy Davis, the director of training uh, at the Police Academy and uh, sergeant uh, as well. Yeah. Sammy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, it's an honor to be here. Well, it's an honor to have you here, and um, you know, we were talking off camera a little bit, and I didn't want to hear too much, but the one thing that strikes me most about you is that you love what you do for a living. Uh, uh, to say the least, um, uh, I wake up every day, and um, I'm just amazed that I get to go to work and, and do the things that I do, and uh, it's just, it's an impressive feeling, and, and I don't think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was going to say. I think it's rare today for, for people to really <clears throat> love what they do. I love doing this, right. you know. Right. Um, you love doing your job, but unfortunately, everyone's not in that position, and they have to put food on the table, and, and they take what they could get, right. um, or they have hobbies to keep them happy. But um, so, so let's talk about how... How did you get involved in law enforcement, mm. and how did you get involved in the training portion of it? Because that's such an important role today to train our, our future, um, you know, officers that are going to to be the feet on the street. It, it is, and um, you know, uh, I, I like to think that I've always wanted to be uh, an officer, um, but I can honestly tell you, I didn't always live my lifestyle that way. Um, as a young man to where I grew up, um, I've always seen police officers, um, a particular one agency, New York State Trooper. It's, it's, it's what people seem to remember and see most. Um, and as a kid, there's a lot of situations uh, where my family came in contact with, with, with them. And I just remember seeing them as, as a little man and uh, not really any communication between the two of us, but, but just that appearance. And I just remember saying, that's, man, it's, it's just the, the uniform. The presence. The presence. It just commanded respect to me. So as a little, uh, little guy, I'm thinking, man, that's, that's pretty cool. You know, but a lot of things happened in my life, um, which, which ultimately now, uh, when I first came to this area here, I did, uh, I guess, let, let, let me go into that. When I first moved here, um, because, like I said, I'm not from here. Met my wife uh, at college. Um, we, you know, like most kids, end up sticking together like glue. Um, her family wasn't happy with it, which, which is understandable now. Um, but when I moved here, we moved to Corning first after okay. we left college. Um, and I moved here. It was, it was like most people wouldn't even understand because Corning didn't work out for us. She left, came here after we had our first kid, and my only thought was, 
I can't let this person leave with my only child and me fall into the pitfalls of what society is, uh, you know, let a kid grow up without a father. So I moved here. Wow. Didn't know a soul here. And um, I'll never forget it because I had a 1985 Ford Temple and uh, didn't have a job, didn't have a place to stay. She moved in with her family and um, I decided, you know, what are you going to do? So uh, I think it's the, the McDonald's by the Arch in uh, Endicott. I used to go in there uh, every morning, wash up, then I would sleep in my car at night. Um, and then I went to Eastern Temporaries. I did that for two weeks and ended up getting a job at Amphenol and Endwell. Sure. Uh, very successful uh, time there. But again, uh, you know, I slowly wormed my way back in her life, you know, and always was there for my first child. And uh, things went well. Um, I ended up being there for 10 years. Wow. Ended up getting a promotion like every two years. And uh, again, you know, finally got me on first apartment and all that stuff and, you know, quit living out of the car. Let's talk about that. So it's such a great story because so many people give up on relationships. Right, 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 right. right and right. Um, even if you think it's the right one for you, uh, for whatever reason, maybe one, one person is not seeing, you know, eye to eye with the other. But can you talk about when you were in the midst of that yeah. and you were on the other side of it and you were trying to earn her back, how, 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 did, you, how did you cope with that day to day? For me, I, I guess my upbringing has always been full of turmoil. It, it really has. And um, I, I didn't know how to uh, be in a relationship, I, I guess. To be, to be a young man, I, I guess. And, and at that point in my life, that's what it was. So I always thought I was doing the right things, but I wasn't. And it's uh, it, what I now know, it's, it's, I was just being selfish. So she was trying to help me, even back then. I mean, you're talking, geez, I mean, 20-some years ago. And I look back at it now, and she was trying to help me and encourage me, but I was, you know, I just wanted to do my own thing. I'm thinking I'm being a father, so how did I cope with that? Um, I kind of pushed her away and thought I was doing the right thing, doing my own thing, and, and wouldn't listen. Um, but I finally just uh, slowly started doing the things at least that she was trying to guide me to do uh, better things. Not like she was trying to control me, but give advice, and I would solely listen to advice, do better things, mm -hmm. you know, uh, for the family, not just me. You know, I, I, as a youngster, I'll definitely say I lived a very selfish life. And I think a lot of young men do, right? And, and yeah. the women seem to be a couple of years ahead or a few years ahead in maturity. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it takes a little bit to, to, to catch up to that. Ain't that the and, truth. And, and, you know, and sometimes it takes being shut out of someone's life right. to make right. you really want to earn what you did. And well, I tell you, you just said earn it. Um, now, the point I am where I'm in my life right now, I'll spend the rest of uh, my life trying to make up for the time that I didn't do the right things, you know, so. Great life lesson. Um, absolutely, and uh, you know, I, I'm just very saddened that it took me this long to come to that realization because it's a, it's, it's a great life that I have right now. Um, and like we were talking about work, how happy I am. You know, when work is happy, I'm happy. Uh, but the one thing that I learned in life, happy wife, happy life. And sure. um, I tell you what, now that I started feeding it and believing it, it's only a saying, but, but it's true. Um, makes life so much easier, you know, when you're not feuding with, with your life's partner. No doubt. You know, I've done a lot of wrong, and like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. 
um, not only to her, but to anybody else uh, in my life when, when I just wasn't uh, doing right, you know, and I'm not perfect by any means, um, but you know what, um, I'm a little bit wiser now, yeah. and, um, and, and it shows with, with where I'm at and what I'm doing. So Sammy, let's talk about your childhood. What an interesting mm -hmm. childhood you have. You grew up with a really large family, and your mom passed um, when you were just a child, right? Yeah, um, geez, I don't have any regrets about my past, but, but it, it, like you said, it, it was uh, what now today people would consider dysfunctional. Um, um, father was from Macon, Georgia, and mother from Jacksonville, Florida. Um, they obviously migrated here uh, to New York uh, before I was born, but I'm the youngest of 12. Seven of us boys, five girls, and I tell you what, um, you, you talk about having to fight for everything that you have if it's not given to you, because um, very few things are given to you at that point. Uh, tough. So life back then, uh, I, I grew up in a, a, a rural area. Um, it's called the Volcan, New York. Um, I, I guess for people around here to understand it, comparable to, I guess, a Wego, you know what I mean? Uh, small town. Small town. America. Very small town. And we lived like two miles out of town. My father owned uh, and operated, uh, it's, it's like a migrant worker business, you know, and, uh, and most people have no clue what that is. And, uh, and I try to explain it to people. He would, uh, he had uh, probably 10 acres. You know, we had our house, which I thought was huge at the time because so many kids, you know, big family. Uh, but on 10 acres, there was like a row houses on this property. Um, I guess like campus housing, really. Um, a very low-grade campus housing, and uh, my, dad, my father built and owned and operated that. So the people that were there is, is really where hmm, some of the things uh, that, that come about. Um, they were all from all over our, our nation. Um, my father would, would build these campers out of buses, and uh, he was very good with his hands in creating things, and it was pretty uh, interesting when people see him. It's like, But he would travel around the states periodically and pick up people who were homeless, um, a lot of people who were going through turmoil in their lives and just wanted to get away, uh, some criminals, um, uh, crazy enough uh, as it sounds. Um, but ultimately, he would uh, bring all these people back, and he, they would work for him. Um, you know, work was hard. Work was, people don't understand what hard work was like, but uh, um, labor, true labor work. Was it a farm? What were they? What were they doing? We didn't actually have the farm on us, but but we would travel to different areas. Um, so he'd bring his crew. With him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was bringing his crew more or less. They all worked for him and trying to control these people uh, and get them to work. Because uh, like I said, most of them are probably drug addicts, alcoholics, um, or just uh, disobedient people. Period. Um, but we would travel to like onion fields, and we'd have to weed these fields. I mean, you're talking day in and day out. I mean, if you've ever seen like the farming, I mean, it's 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 endless work. And were you kids coming along as well? Yeah, yeah, you know, because uh, when we were little, before we were in school, we had to go tag along. So sometimes we would work, but it was more or less just play. Um, and then you know, you kind of try to stay out of everybody's way. Um, the, the chicken business, the poultry business, was the worst. You know, you talk about people with health issues back then. Didn't think anything of it. But uh, if you've ever been into one of the buildings, I mean, you're talking probably 300 yards long, a building in, in cages, maybe three by three with five, six chickens inside, and they're stacked. I mean, but you're talking millions of chickens. Um, so inside this building, the ventilation's horrible. So the dust, the, the, the feces, um, everything, and, but, but this was the normal. So you talk about these people going in and working, doing this every day uh, for lunch. What do you have? 
chicken. <laughs> it, it's just wow. Um, it, it's just amazing. So I, I, it really gives me a perspective of, of what I'm doing work now. Would I want to do something like that forever? No. But but my dad did a, did what he had to do, and uh, yeah, it, it was just tough. And was he ra- did he raise all twelve of you kids? Yeah, yeah. We were all um, same parents, you know. So uh, he raised us all. And let me tell you, he was a what most people would say an angry man. You know, he wasn't very um, sociable. But when you think about now as a parent, um, the, the pressures that he must have uh, felt, you know, I, I often sometimes I sit back and I think about that, you know, uh, because everybody did. You know, you're always mad. Well, and, you know, you drank. Um, I don't think there was a time you remember seeing my father without a drink uh, in his hand or, or a cigarette, you know, and um, it was just something that, that was That was his part of him. mechanism. A- absolutely. You know, and... Um, he was a good man. Uh, never at one point in my life that I feel not loved, regardless of what he had going on. But you just, you just knew he, he was like he was a hard man. And what um, did he think about education? Uh, it, it, you know, I, I think my father maybe had a sixth grade education, hmm. but he was a man of just so much knowledge. He he was a controller. You know, he he, he was a boss. You know, so education, it just, it, it was like a, I don't know, streets education from where he comes from. Right. It wasn't book smarts. Um, so education in our house wasn't something that, that was pushed upon us. You know, it was like you get up and go to work. And I guess a model that I've, I've always used to live by, you work hard, play hard. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, you go out and you tear it up. But when you have to go to work, no matter what, you go to work. No matter what that job is, you, you're dependable. You're going to be there. You know, and uh, he, he was that kind of man, you know, and uh, I, I would give anything, anything to be able to, to, to spend five minutes with him right now. You know, because he passed when I was 12. Oh, you know, my mother died when I was three wow. and my father uh, passed when I was 12. And, um, and where did you go? <laughs> uh, one of my brothers uh, moved in, took, took over really the business. Um, he was 32 at the time. He had uh, been married. He had a wife, uh, two kids, two uh, young daughters. So when he moved in, um, I also had uh, a nephew, uh, one of my older sister's uh, sons. He was three years older than me. So he was my nephew, but I was older than okay. and I, I was his uncle. You know, so it was crazy. Um, so he lived there. We both lived there. And, and this is where you think life was interesting then, seeing the things I seen growing up, you know, with my father and the, the people. My brother moves in. I'm thinking he's old, you know, 32 years old, you know, got a family. He, he struggled to maintain a business. Mm. You know, he had his own, you know, you'd pick up your life and all of a sudden you're put in another situation. He got into a lot, a lot of drugs, you know, um, marriage problems. He used to party a lot. He used to party a lot, and he'll have uh, all kind of shady people over there. So I lived with him um, all those years. Finally, my nephew was two grades ahead of me, so three grades ahead of me. I remember his senior year. This is a pivotal point because, you know, he, he was my nephew. He was always with us. I mean, he was part of family. He was like a brother to me. But I'll never forget it. He graduated, and watching my brother deal with his family but also still trying to take care of us, I never forget after he graduated, it was like two weeks, and it was like, okay, what are you going to do? Because back then, nobody went to college. Right. And um, my nephew used to always tell me, I don't know what I'm going to do. So he ended up leaving, and um, he, he made it, you know, hard road. 
But I remember thinking to myself, I know this is my brother. I see the kind of things he's going through. What's going to happen to me? Here I'm 17, getting ready to graduate. End up going to graduation, and I'll never forget it. Uh, now knowing what I know about kids graduating and what they get, I remember him giving me a case of beer and saying, you can have a few friends at the house. And I'm thinking, that was a great moment. He didn't have a lot to give. But to me, that, and I'm, but, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, so this is it. What's going to happen from here? I had always wanted to go in the military because a lot of my brothers uh, went to the military. A lot of my family were military. Um, but I had uh, two coaches at my high school. And I remember you know, calling a Marine recruiter because I didn't know what I was going to do. I, did, I couldn't stay there. Um, I was getting ready to sign the papers, and they were like, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm like, what am I going to do? And they said, go to college. What do you mean go to college? I didn't know anything about school. Um, I didn't, you know, I never researched anything, never had, you know, didn't have that kind of guidance, you know. It just wasn't a thing. Um, long story short, I ended up going to uh, Alfred State. No kidding. Packing up everything I had, you know, going. Did your coaches help, help that, you with the applications? And well, all that? sort of, you know, they did. I ended up getting enough done to go there. And I remember standing in the gym, and we're getting ready to you know, financial aid and pay bills and all that stuff. And I remember getting up to the front of the line, and uh, they were like, okay, well, you got the papers, and did you take SATs? And I didn't even know what SATs were. CAT, I had no idea, and I had no financial aid paperwork, and so I couldn't pay the bill. And I got kicked out of school that didn't even start. Wow. Everything I owned was in a 1986 Chevy Monza, and um, I ended up driving all the way back home. I didn't know, you know, didn't know where to go, and uh, one of my friends from high school um, just called him and I said, listen, I, I, I don't know, you know what I'm saying, and uh, it, it was pretty bad. His parents took me in, wow. and uh, I ended up going back to the school uh, a couple of days later, um, and I was standing in line to, uh, trying to get some financial aid, and uh, the track coach was standing there, and the guy, I didn't know it was track coach at the time, but he was saying, you need help, and he kind of took me in, and Started explaining the paperwork to me and gave me the right people and uh, ended up running track for him. Uh, Gary Moore, uh, good man. Um, man. Two years at college, I met wife and yeah, that's awesome. And, and that family that t took you in, wow. Ah, uh, yeah. Still, still talk to them uh, today. Um, the Corks, um, they were not uh, the kind of people that you would think would take me in, uh, given the young black male. Um, they had lived up the road. Uh, for me, and I knew uh, Danny, the the guy, the friend of mine. He was a, a great ahead of me, so I knew him through school. We we did sports together, but I didn't know his family like that. Um, his dad was not uh, a very warm guy. Uh, the day I met him, the day they brought me home, uh, he was a drinker, uh, you know, a Navy vet, and um, kind of a redneck, you know what I'm saying, and. Um, it was weird because uh, we go into the house and I'll never forget it. Um, he introduced me to his mom. You know, I knew her. You know what I'm saying? But we you know. Then, then he kind of said, you know, can I stay there? And he goes, well, I got to go talk to 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 Doug. That was him, and he he always slept late. You know, uh, you know, days he could. And as we were getting ready to go back to the back room, the bedroom, and I'll never forget it. All of a sudden, you hear a gunshot. Yeah, that, my my thought exactly, and we're like, oh my god, what? Would you, he was shooting a chicken, a rooster that was crowing out of the back window because, you know, hung over. It, 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 good man. But, you know, just. As a kid, though, that must have. 
<laughs> something I've never forgotten. Right. You know, it was like, man. But they, they turned out to be one of the best families ever. You know, they welcomed me in. And, uh, you know, so periodically when I did, you know, over my college years, I would come home. Didn't have a solid home. I would stay there. You know, or, like I said, I had uh, one of my other brothers. Uh, he let me come and go as well. Um, but it was kind of just in and out of different places. So, Sammy, this is, I mean, I, it, it really strikes me, this conversation, because, well, for a lot of reasons. One, I'm a white male, right? Yeah. So I don't, yeah. I don't know what people of color go through. Right. I grew up with people of color, and to me, skin color is just skin color. There's, there, you know, I see the person for who they are. Right. But for people that don't understand what it's like to, to be a minority, it's not, I mean... Yes, you're at a disadvantage to, to start, you know, and, you know, and then some, you know, you hear people complain about everything. So I, I hear white males complain that, you know, a minority will get a job over them or a woman will get a job over them because they're, they're white. So, you know, that's neither here nor there, but it has to be somewhat challenging to grow up in society as a minority. I have... Never regretted being a black man. I've never looked at it, and, and I'm sorry for if there's any disrespect, but you just said uh, it's a, it's a, a cha- you said challenge or it's to me it's 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 a part of life. You know, uh, you you own it. Listen, this is who I am. But what a lot of people don't seem to understand is even just because you're black, you can still have uh, cultural differences. Someone who's black grew up in an area like I did, it's a rural area, it's different from someone from New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of similarities, but there's still a lot of cultural differences. You know, and um, listen, I, I've owned it. And, you, you know, you, you experience a lot of things that some other people don't. Uh, have I ever been discriminated against? Absolutely. Have I ever felt uh, that someone had biases against me? Absolutely. Um, but as a young man, growing up where I did, it's almost like, you know what, you, you could take the good and, and really just take those things and use them to your advantage. And, and the bad stuff, you learn from them. You learn uh, certain reactions you're going to get from people. Because I can tell you this, you've you got to learn to choose and fight your battles. If you go around being angry and uh, because of you, you might be a little bit different than somebody else, you'll be fighting people your entire life. Mm-hmm. So I have lived my life trying to show people, listen, I'm just like anybody else. Leading by example. You know what I'm saying? And I've started doing that since I was younger because I've always sort of been indifferent, you know, different uh, based on my surroundings. You know, growing up where I did, yeah, you know, it's, you, know, you were maybe one of two uh, blacks around. You know, and I'm very fortunate. Though. Like I said, you know, my sisters moved to Rochester, so I spent a lot of time in cities. Um, but I... I'm proud of where I come from because it, it shaped me to the person that I am today, you know, so. Uh, no doubt. And that's how I see it. Like, I think your entire upbringing yeah. with growing up with your dad and the struggles that he had and everything that you saw and were right. witnessed and right. were part right. of, and then your brother taking over and his challenges, this helped you become the person that you are. Oh. So you're able to yeah. take all of that knowledge and help these recruits coming through 
right? Listen, you, you think about in this area here, how many uh, should be, I mean, I know they're low, but a Binghamton, they should, should have maybe 150 officers. So you're looking at maybe 120 officers here. How many minorities are there at that department? Very few. Two? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Something's wrong with that picture. Broome County Sheriff's Office. When I first moved here, like I said, I was sleeping in a car. Didn't know a soul here. Um, I think the sheriff uh, back then, maybe Gino D'Angelo. And all, you know, even when I started the process of, you know, and I didn't even know anything about civil service. My wife is one to push me that way. Um, I've always known, yeah, it's going to be scary, but that's what I want to do. And so you do your research, which you should. No black officers. So let's talk about that because this is American Real. Yeah. We're all about transparency here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a big problem in our society between police officers and citizens. People of color, people of not of color, mm-hmm. not enough color. In the, so what's the, what's the problem? Oh, my what's goodness. What's the problem? I mean, where do we, how, and you're in the middle of it. So all right, how, so. How do we get, because we have to solve this problem. Listen, as a problem, all right, so when I moved here, then, you know, everybody goes through uh, different experiences. So for me, young man moved here, um, going out all the time, you know, in my 20s and coming home late at night. Now I know, listen, after midnight, there's only really two kinds of people that are out. If you're coming from a bar, you know, some kind of trouble, or you're coming home from work. Normally I was the one coming home from the bar. I used to get stopped a lot. Stopped a lot. I remember at one point I had a couple tickets. Same officer. Never forget it. And finally I was like, are you kidding me? Yes, I'm out at the bar, but I'm not dealing drugs or something like that. And, and you know, it, it is what it is. And I remember one day I looked at him and I said, you know what? I can do this job better than you. Still to this day, um, this person is an officer. We have great respect for each other now. Um, I could have took that experience and it could have really went uh, the other way. But like I said, I had to, to do a little self-reflecting. For myself, we'll talk about everybody else in a second, but for myself, I had to say, why am I getting stopped all the time? Because I'm out. First and foremost, I'm out. You know, um, my car, let's think about the car. It had tinted windows, no front license plate. Was I speeding? So you got to kind of have a little bit of accountability and think, okay, well, maybe this isn't all just the officer. So that, that was really one of my first experiences. And, and, and I said, I, I had to do a self-reflect and, and say, okay, well, I can, I can do this. So took tests. When I first got on the job, I worked for, uh, because like I said, most people, you take civil service, you take a job wherever you can, because uh, I took the state university police test, and I took, uh, no, I didn't take the county test first, I was, I think that was the only one I took, I took the Binghamton test as well. I had a friend that I met here um, through our kids, uh, who was trying to really push me into Binghamton. He was a state trooper at the time, and um, uh, he just thought I'd be a good fit for Binghamton. And I'm like, okay, I don't know, you know, whatever. So we go out and he'd introduce me to people. And again, you know, I'm a black man, young black man. And you know, he, he was a white guy and uh, he was cool. He was good, you know, and uh, I ended up taking a Binghamton test. And I tell you what, I've been here long enough and I, and I heard stories. Any, anybody should do their research if you're going to take a job. Don't take it just to take it. I'd heard certain stories about uh, Binghamton officers myself and um, just some the turmoil, you know, and uh, long story short, I did well enough on the test. They called me, and, and uh, the chief at the time, getting in for an interview, him and the mayor, they offered me a job. Wow. 
I turned it down. No kidding. I, I called him and I said, you know what? With all due respect, I don't think my personality would fit here. I knew then. I knew then about myself. You know, I was kind of growing up. and decision. It was a huge decision because I, I, I got hired at SUNY Binghamton at the time. And um, that was not a good experience either. I think it was just a, a point in my life. Uh, I didn't get to go to academy right away. So uh, you, you end up being what we call it, like a ride along. So I got exposed to a lot, but not in the, in the law enforcement way. I had a uniform, no gun. So I was angry because I couldn't do the job. A year and eight months, a year and eight months. They stuck me with an older gentleman. Um, he was very salty. He had to be maybe a, a 50-year-old officer at the time. Probably never been around a whole lot of minorities his life. And I had to be with this man every day. You talk about an experience, culture shock, the, the, the problem blending. At first it was rough, but, but again, I'm just a ride along. But I can tell you again, I started talking to man and trying to get to know him, where he was from, his upbringing. He was a, a, like a, a retired major from the military. This man ended up giving me so much knowledge I, because I took the time to get to know him. And, and he took the time to get to know me. And you embraced it. You know what I'm saying? I, I did. Yeah. And, and I, still to, the other way, I yeah. still to this day, every now and then, I will make my way out to see him. And, and he looks at me. And just says, I, I can't believe you're where you are. Awesome. And again, you, you, you know, so, so you, you question about other people, other officers. Um, I teach at the college as well. I teach at Broome Community College, or SUNY Broome. Been there since 2015. One of my biggest passions is teaching. I, most of my students are from New York City. And the one question I've asked them, okay, you guys are sitting in a criminal justice classroom. Uh, you want to be officers? A good portion say no. They want to be lawyers. Why would you want to be lawyers? To combat uh, police brutality. <laughs> and that's what I say. I kind of I snicker and I say, listen, if you think there's such a problem with the officers, it's not an easy job. Take the test. Take the test. Because it is not an easy job. Um, the first time I came on the job and I got sent to Whitney Point to uh, a, a particular trailer park up there, you can imagine the look that people will give you. But again, it's, it's how you come off, how you talk to people. And uh, so I am trying to present myself in a professional manner to these young, young, young generation and just let them see it's not all cops are the way you view them. So I, I try to live by example and let them see and, and uh, see them in a the classroom. Because initially, I don't tell them what I do unless they took my class previously. And uh, when I tell them, it's like they can't even believe it. You're a what? Yeah. Okay. Matter of fact, I, I run the police academy. And uh, it's, it, it's awesome. It's awesome, that reaction. So again, I mean, there's, there's a few things going on in my mind. Mm -hmm. Yes, of course, there's, there's bad cops. Yes. But there's a lot of good cops. Yes. There's bad in every field. Yes. There's good in every field. My question is, why does society, I mean, I, and I grew up like you, like we respected police officers. Yeah. We respected what they said, what they, you know, any instruction, um, you know, hello. Why is there such turmoil? And I know, you know, there's been some shootings, of course. There's this. 
but you're on you're on there, there's no there's no one answer there's a lot of things we got going on in society now where where it's the problem um and I can't, a lot of people say uh, it starts in the home. There's a lot of single parent homes. Mm-hmm. Being a parent of, uh, my, my wife is 100% black. Um, I got, my daughter's 25, my, my oldest son is 22, and my youngest son is 15. Being a parent is hard. The job is easy compared to being a parent. Um, and I can honestly say, uh, obviously my upbringing, th- did I know how to be a parent? No. It's been a learning curve. So you hear today what you hear in society is, uh, you know, there's a lot of young black males um, growing up in a single family home. And we need to stop that first. More men need to take care of their children. Um, It starts in the home. And you're living proof. I'm, I'm, I'm living proof. And I can tell you, even with me being at home, even with my wife, it's, it's a hard task. So I can't imagine what it's like for a single parent, whether it's a, a male or a female. Right. Um, but, and I'm having struggles with my own son, my 23-year-old son. I mean, it's not struggles. It's just you want the best for them. So I think, you know, to, to go back to your question, it, the home life really is huge, you know, uh, you know having good structure, a good base. Second of all, you may mention uh, there's some bad cops. With now, with social media, we all know somebody could do something on California, and if they're wearing a uniform, it's going to be reflective on every officer. Mm-hmm. So it's just a sign of times with the social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and everybody's, you know, is right, you can have your own opinion. And I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, this one of the things law, law enforcement is doing now to combat the, the, the media, the videos, the body cams. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and, and my opinion on that is, I'm all about the body cam because it, usually it works in our favor. But to me, I've worked hard to become an officer. Uh, m- me, most officers don't wake up thinking I'm going to go out and shoot somebody today and, uh, you know, get sued. Nobody wants that because the, the aftermath of that for the officer, for his family, it's, it's horrific. Mm-hmm. For the community that that person lives in, it's, it's, it's horrific. So the fact that people feel... You, you didn't turn your body cam on, so now I don't believe what you say. Are you serious? We go through a lot to get on the job. We go through a lot of training, and I do most of the training. It, it's, it's, it's slap in the face to think that you can't trust me because I don't have a body cam on. That's heartbreaking to me. Right. You know, but I get it. I, I, I get it. You know, but, uh, and what do you tell the young guys coming through that may have concerns about being in a certain position. I mean, you just have to really focus, Call. right? You have to focus on your job, do everything you were trained to do. These young guys, I really, I, I try to bring the realism to them. I said, listen, um, I know you guys, you see things. I hope you watch the news. It's not an easy job. It wasn't then, it's not now, um, because we're not the heroes anymore in, in, in society's eyes, and that's heartbreaking to me. Um, Yes, there's been a lot of uh, officers in uh, some questionable, um, judgmental situations. There's no doubt about it. And, and I'm, I feel heartbroken for the officers and, and the families, the victims, uh, the people that were involved. It's, it's, it's a no-win situation for everybody. Um, but we're here, we're here to, to really keep the chaos away. That we, we really are, um, because can you imagine? And I always use this uh, analogy in my class. Uh, you know, well, I compare it to uh, what is that movie? Um, um, 
God, purge. Can you imagine a life without officers? Oh. You know what I mean? Uh, who, do, who do people call, you know, when, when, when uh, you get burglarized? Or, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's us. We're, we're there to help, and I really wish people would understand that. But, and it's interesting you say that because I, my first thought is when, you know, these people are marching against cops and all. Yeah, my yeah, first yeah. thought is, what are you going to do when you're really in need? Yeah. of a police officer yeah. when your wife is being held up yeah. or yeah. you know you're in this what do you so that's the hard part you know there's a lot of anger in this in this world there's a and i'm glad you said it because there is a lot of anger and and, and i get it just because because i'm not always defending cops so you know i am a cop and and i love it but i understand so i try to to be uh, understanding of, of people who who don't really know what we go through so that that's Part of my response, I've taken on as my response. My job is a training director um, to run the police academy. And uh, to, to, when that's not going on to, to, to train experienced officers, you know, kind of refresh them on, on materials. But I've kind of taken it upon myself to do as much community policing as I can um, because I can. Mm -hmm. I, I think that I portray myself in, in, in a decent enough manner, professional. Um, I try to be as articulate when I speak as I can be. Um, for one, being a black cop, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm honored to, to be able to do this job. I'm honored to be able to represent uh, my race uh, with a uniform. Um, and I'm honored to be able to go out there and, and be, able to, to be able to be in a position to make a difference. You know, uh, just like you were saying with, with, with what you do, your passion, what we're doing right now, I'm in the same boat. You know, nobody told me you have to go out and do these community policing events, but you know what, I, I've, I put it on my shoulder. And um, I, care. yeah, you know, why? Because I have young black males out there, you know, in my class, my sons, my family. Um, so if we all don't do our part to try to repair what's damaged, it's just going to get worse. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, it's not just me. I mean, it, it's all of us uh, doing our part and I'm doing my part. So nobody can ever say that that Sam did not. It is not about it's not about me. It's I represent the, the agency that I work for. Yeah. I, I, I represent every agency in this county, anybody who wears a uniform. Um, so I, I never try to say me, me, me. I'm just a person who has uh, the time, the boss that, that Sheriff Harder is. Um, I, I can't even say enough about this man. He's old school. Um, but as far as a, a, a role model, a mentor, there is there is none better. And he empowers you, right? Oh my goodness, man. He 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 comes in and, and he'll poke me a little bit, but but he empowers me in ways that you would not believe. Yeah. You know, he, he asked me what I'm doing and uh he will tell me when it's something that I shouldn't be doing, but he has uh such an open mind because he understands he understands uh the, the, the position I'm in, the potential yeah. that I have to 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 make a difference and he allows me. He allows me to do it because, it, again, it makes us all look better. It's not about me. It's not about him. Um, and again, how many people stand up and do this? How do we get more minorities into law enforcement? Because I think it is such the, you know, it's, 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 it's needed. Yeah. I mean, you go to New York City, it's, right, right, you right, know, right. I mean, I don't see a disproportion in your, I don't know, maybe there is. But in the smaller towns across America, do they have the applicants? I mean, is that are you trying to help in that regard? Like, are you trying to help talk to kids and bring them in, or what? Like, what's the reality of that? You know, uh, when I first came on the job, um, 
Sheriff Harder actually said to me um, after like my second year here, because um, this has always been a concern. Um, I know what I did to get on this job. I, I've, I've, I found something I wanted to do. I went for it. I knew what it was. And I, again, uh, my wife, backbone, she, she kind of, you know, because I didn't know what civil service was. So. But it's an education process, right? If you don't know, someone needs to tell you and, and go through the... So what do you need to do is uh, get more officers out there to, to represent well. I, I try to be one of, one of I hope, many. Um, I started teaching to try to help because people don't really know. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of younger guys, uh, never, younger, younger people have never had a good dealing with an officer unless you've been stopped by an you know, officer and get a ticket or you know, coming out of the bar. That's, that's not the interaction that's going to really push somebody in a career. So I go out there and I, and I try to, to, to just represent myself well and talk to them and, and tell them what the job is really like. A lot, believe it or not, a lot of uh, black people don't think they can do this job for one reason or another. Um, I have a lot of uh, younger black males from the city tell me, oh, we can't do that, where we come from, that's not, that's not respectable. I'm like, are you kidding me? People complain about it but the best way to change anything is from the inside. So I'm just trying to spread the word that it's true. It's true because now I look at the, the opportunities that I have. Um, I've tried to do a lot of community policing. Uh, one of my classes uh, two semesters ago I was teaching was community policing and um, I, I force, I don't force my kids, uh, part of the class is I, I make them do a presentation on, what do you think? Either f do an, a presentation on an old program like D.A.R.E., Moms Against Drugs, something of that nature, or make one up. And I don't know if you heard, but uh, this, this younger uh, black male in my class, uh, Marquis Orr, very intelligent young man, very vocal young man, but just sitting in my class. He had a lot of, uh, a couple dealings with, you know, you know officers, and uh, he was a you know, little, little, little tense. But me and him, we, we spoke, and uh, he ended up doing his presentation. And it was called Meet the Officer Behind the Badge. Meet the Person Behind the Badge. I told him, I, I liked it so much, such a good idea. I said, what kind of person would I be as an officer and having the opportunity not making this come to true flourishing? Wow. We, we did it. It didn't come off very well because of a few things. Uh, um, a lot of people, didn't, because of where, they didn't want to come to the sheriff's office. You know, so whatever. But I did my part. Mm -hmm. You had a young man with a great idea. And I went to my boss, and the sheriff was like, do, do it. That's awesome. And we did it. And I'm doing it. We, uh, like I said, we just did a, a run. Uh, it was called the Hornets uh, Run the Hill. So I took the, all the officers uh, that I could muster up, all the instructors I had, um, all the police recruits, and uh, all the SUNY Broom students, criminal justice or not. And we, we mapped out a one-mile run centered around the obstacle course at the sheriff's office. And, you know, the kids could come meet officers awesome. and talk to them. It's so important, I, I, and that's the other thing I was going to say is I think it needs to start younger. Mm -hmm. You know, officers need to be in the schools and present. And I drop my daughter off at high school every morning, and what I love is there's an officer out there, Armando, and Armando, oh, yeah, yeah. every kid that goes by, he's high five and he's hugging, he's fist bump. Oh, I mean, man. it's the best feeling to sit there and watch that every single day because. I know that interaction right. is important, and, and we need to see more of that. But, but it's, uh, when, you, when you come in this line of work, most officers are type A personality. Um, I, I, you know, I, I really, I've never took a test. 
I, I'm a, I can be a controlling person, but I guess I'm a very sociable person. It, 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 the reason why I say this is because it takes the right officer to be able to be, be put in a school. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough to deal with uh, the, the younger generation in a school setting. You know, kids are kids. And then we were in school, then you kind of kind of understand what it's like. But not every officer can, can go into school. Mm-hmm. Armando, great guy. Great guy, great personality. personality. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's another Binghamton officer who I think East Middle, Art Williams, mm. um, black officer who transferred from Syracuse. Good friend of mine. But but yeah, it, it, in the school setting, it, it's huge uh, to get them when they're young. But I tell you what, it takes a special officer to put in that setting um, because you can really make it or break it, you know, yeah. in that kind of situation. But uh, so I, I'm not a school resource officer, but I go to schools quite a bit. I go to UE. Um, uh, we're doing a lunch with the law May 3rd, so because um, they got a group down there called the Squad. Um, uh, there, there's a, an, a teacher, Kyle Wolf, um, tried to take all the minority you know, the kids or any kids really, but, but primarily uh, the, the minorities, mm-hmm. um, and they've been doing it for years. So usually I go down every year and do a presentation, but this year we're uh, combining with uh, the police recruits. Uh, the squad, all these uh, high school kids, and we're going to bring in the SUNY uh, Broom Kids, a group called the Men of Excellence. So we're going to do uh, a lunch. It's called Lunch with the Law, May 3rd. That's so important. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. I'm just glad to be a part of it. It's not my, you know, I'm just doing my part. So for young kids that are out there that are somewhat interested or thinking about law enforcement, yeah. what, what advice would you give them? <sighs> be careful with the Facebook. Be careful with the social media. Um, we, that, that's nowadays, uh, it's, it's, it's an intensive background, and uh, social media is just so free. You know, kid, you know, like I said, it's, you, you can pretty much post whatever you want. Um, people get looked into because of what they post, you know what I mean? And, uh, even if somebody sends you something, uh, might be a little racist or something like that, you might not be, but they sent you, you viewed it, you sent it. Um, so be careful with that. Be careful um, what you share. Y- right? Yeah, you know. post. Pictures, things of that nature. It's 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 tough because my generation we didn't have that, but now it's it's accepted with them. Stay in shape. Um, one of the biggest killers for young people we're seeing now is uh, the physical fitness test, um, the academic test first because that's the first thing you take. But then the physical fitness test. I run the PT test. Um, you're talking maybe 20% of these kids failing. The physical wow. fitness test. And is it state mandated? State mandated. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's basic so. push-ups, sit-ups, and run. Um, you'd be amazed how many 20-year-olds can't do. Wow. Uh, the average uh, for male, it's like 38 sit-ups in a minute. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So because, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, they don't, they're not active like mm-hmm. uh, I guess I was when I was a kid. Um, I mean, you even see in the school system they can't do some of the things, dodgeball, things like that. Um, but stay in shape. Um, um, I'm, I'm actually developing a class. It's called the Career Law Enforcement Preparation Course. Hmm. I'm going to be uh, teaching next semester. Uh, brand new course, uh, developing so how people to get online to look for civil service, how to take a civil service test, um, and practice the physical fitness test and, and, and ethics. So um, again, I got the support from the school. I told them where I see some of the failings are, and they're allowing me to uh, develop it. So I'm hoping you know that the kids come take the course and. Uh, we get more in there. Um, so, like I said, I'm, I'm always thinking and trying to do my part. Yeah. So No, and, and, and it's great to hear. And, you know, hopefully there's people like you all around the country and really all around the world that are right. also, you know, have the people 
that are making the decisions give right. them, empower them right. to allow right. them to come up with these new yeah. programs because you have to adapt to society. So yeah. the kids today aren't as physically fit as they were so. when we were growing up. So now hopefully you could get to them earlier yeah. in advance yeah. so you know if they have a year or two before they take their test, they're, they're, they're ready. Yeah. And one of, one of the things, uh, you know, like a lot of younger people want to get into law enforcement, they'll internships. Yeah. Old school internship is getting in a car, riding around with somebody, and you, you get to kind of be exposed to it, but you really can't do anything. So I've noticed this, and, you know, I, and I try to entertain as many interns as I can. So I went to the sheriff, and I said, listen, I might be able to uh, help this situation twofold. An officer really you're, you're liable for an intern in a car and they can't get out. It's not really exciting. So you try to, you know, entertain them as much as you can. But I said to the sheriff, let me let them, you know, do a ride along maybe once, twice. Let them come to the academy. See. Yeah, let, let them come right. to the academy right. and see firsthand yeah. what they're going to. So if they ever do take this, they're not such shocked right. and such shock when they come. Um, I actually gave one the opportunity to do physical fitness with us. I mean, obviously, he signed a waiver and mm -hmm. all that. And he was like, wow. Just to see what it's like. Absolutely. Yeah. So... Um, it gives them a first-hand experience. So I'm always trying to think of new ideas. My department is great. I, I couldn't have ended up in a better department, more uh, respectful to, to my thoughts and, and ideas. Uh, to keep an open mind is absolutely huge. Um, the, the, the four people, really, that, that rank above me that I give all the respect to, because um, I bounce a lot of ideas off them. But, uh, again, it goes back to being happy at job, and that's why. Yeah. They... they trust my judgment but i also respect their opinion so i'll bounce things off them and uh we all benefit from it not just them but all the community members that i can uh, go out and kind of reach you know and um i don't know i'm just you know, i kind of smile you know um fred senator Akshar. Um, i remember when i first came into to law enforcement he was uh he was just getting promoted he was my boss twice, and um, I look at what kind of person he was as, a, as an officer, as a detective, as a detective sergeant. I look at Sheriff Harder. When you got people like that around you to continue to mentor you, if you take advice when given, you can't go wrong. Yeah. As an adult, you need to always keep in mind you, you still learn. I learn every day. I learn from my interns. You know, uh, when I get BU interns that come over here and, uh, you know, I'll try to sit and talk. Uh, I, I'm a little different, I guess, uh, than, than most officers. Now, I, I think so. Um, I'm very relaxed. I can flip a switch in a heartbeat, but you learn by talking to people, even, even the young people. What, what changes do you think need to be made? Mm -hmm. Some you can and some you can't, you know, and um, I, I keep an open mind. Uh, my wife keeps me humble. You know, she, she puts me in check, you know, kind of let me know when, you know, enough's enough. You know, it's, uh, I learned from so many people. That's great. You know, yeah, the people you have out on your show, you know, uh, Ebony, you know, I met her because again, community police and, uh, community police. And I went out to an event at her shop and I saw her on your show and I'm like, that, that's, uh, so she's been out there doing her part. Uh, the Mike pride, you know, uh, listen, when you watch someone like that, there's so many impactful points of a person's life. You can't assume you know somebody. You never know what goes on behind closed doors. Yeah. You know, time use. Uh, yeah. I met him through kids, you know, starting a youth track program. And that's how I first really met him and didn't even know who he was. And now, like I said, I mean, he's time use. You know, great guy. And uh, like I said, I, I try to, to watch and model myself after 
all these great people in our community. And um, I, I just hope that someday, you know, I, I, I can do all of the things I want to do for other people, you know. I don't know. You're doing it today. You're doing a lot today. Yeah. Let's talk about mental toughness in this field. Um, obviously, there's days that are, I'm sure, you know, and I'm, and I'm speaking especially the guys that are out on the street. Um, how do you prepare for that every day? You got to come in this job with, with thick skin uh, to begin with. Um, I was told that. Now being here, I, I truly understand that. Um, especially as a minority on this job, you know, I mean, you think about some of the situations you go into. You just have to constantly remind yourself, okay, don't take it personal. You know, you, I, I tell these young, young recruits, I tell my students in my class, as an officer, you have to keep reminding yourself, you signed up. You took a, a test, you took a job, you took an oath to handle other people's problems. There's, there's no other way to put it. You know, uh, occasionally you'll meet somebody good, somebody nice, but most of the time, remember what you signed up for, the model, protect and serve. So when you're having a bad day, you're dealing with a drunk or, or, or you're a domestic, you signed up to handle other people's problems. So put your own self aside, handle what's presented in front of you the best possible way for the best possible outcome for everybody involved, including yourself. Um, and remind yourself of that every day. Don't take it personal. Don't take it personal because uh, it's, you know we get criticized. Sometimes even we do the right thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, I, I just kind of keep encouraging. Um, I tell a lot of uh, war stories. Recruits love war stories. Um, but you know, when I'm teaching things like uh, search and seizure, you know, the, about you know, the, the Fourth Amendment and, and the big thing now, you know, Second Amendment, um, I tell them, especially when you, if you are grateful enough to get out of this academy and be able to go serve your community, keep your personal opinion out of it. When you're wearing that uniform and you go on a complaint, no matter what it is, keep your personal opinion out of it because people can suck you in and you say things that you probably shouldn't say. Just handle the job, do your job, handle the situation, uh, put it in front of you and move on. That's great advice. Yeah, you know, and I, listen, it's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's very hard, you know, because some of these uh, people can really suck you in and uh, I don't know. Yeah. Tough, tough. Now, are you always in police mode as far as when you're out with your family and you're I mean how I would think it would be hard to turn that off you know what uh, it, it's funny I just uh, went to uh, another agency the other day uh, to assist them with a, a hiring process um, it's a smaller agency um, and they did kind of like a scenario thing you know they're promoting somebody to a sergeant and they do a, like a role model skit. They had a role player come in, and he was a disgruntled uh, employee that had to be counseled for, for tardiness, you know, coming in late. So they had this new person that's applying for this sergeant's position sit down, and we're there evaluating them. And so it's funny that you say this. This role player was great. I'm sitting there going, man, they were scripting. So when we got done, I started talking to this role player. Oh, just retired now but troubled because he sat there and said you know uh, when I came on the job you know the people that I was surrounded by you know his, his supervisors his FTO always got to do this you're, you're, you're always on there was no off switch 
burned them out. Because when you leave, when you, when you get out of the car, yes, you're an officer 24 hours a day, but when you go home, you can't treat your family like we have to treat some of the people on the streets. Yes, you're aware of your surroundings, so if you go out to a movie theater, you're, you're, you're cognizant of your surroundings, because most people don't look for exits. You know, most people don't go in and look up and down, you know, talk about situation awareness. I mean, yeah, you, you're on, but there, there is an off switch. Um, it's good to know. Oh, yeah, you ha because you burn yourself out. Right. Um, you, you just talk about the pressure of, of constantly looking in yeah, police mode. You know, I'll, come on. You've you got, you got to have downtime because, uh, like anything else, you can burn yourself out. Yeah. You know, so, I, I, again, I'm, I, I think I'm pretty even keel. Um, when I'm outside of work, uh, the big thing is, uh, you know, carrying off duty. When I first came on a job, never. Absolutely never. Um, because people make mistakes. So if I decide for whatever reason I'm off duty, not in uniform, dressed like I am now, I see something where I think I can help and pull my weapon, what do you think the chances are that an officer who maybe don't know me shows up? You know what I mean? Right. So I, I, you put yourself at risk. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. so I, I think um, I got a pretty good on-off switch, but what's changed now with all these active shooter situations I carry more now off duties for the simple reason is because it's happening so rapidly, how would I feel if something happened? Just like we were saying outside, you know what I'm saying? How would I feel as an officer? And I didn't have and I couldn't yeah. do anything to help somebody. So mm -hmm. it's a real battle. Mm -hmm. um, that question you just asked me is a real battle. And, um, you know, but I'm, I'm very laid back, very relaxed. And, um, you know, I have some law enforcement friends, but what keeps me the way I've always been, a lot of friends, family, that aren't officers. So we don't just talk about work. Right. You know what I mean? Your mind so, off. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't work 24 hours a day. So, Sammy, what's in your future in law enforcement? Do you have any aspirations? <laughs> oh, man. Because you have so many great mentors. And you're still young, but what, where, do you, where do you want to take this? I've never even, I didn't even think about being a supervisor now. All I know is you give me a task, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. So um, did I ever dream of being a sergeant running the police academy? No. I ended up here because somebody thought I was qualified and thought I would be good at it. And, and I think the same thing now because other people have asked me that same question. It's like, you know what? I don't know. Um, if the things I'm doing now qualify me for bigger and better things, if somebody thinks that I could better serve some other part of the community or whatever, I don't know. Um, I do a lot right now. Uh, teaching at the college uh, takes up a lot of time. Um, doing this job takes a lot of time. Um, I'm also a security consultant for another company called Priority One. Um, I'm fortunate. I get to travel. Um, what, one of the things I'm, I guess I'm decent at is um, Give me a topic, I can create a class, and I go into a classroom and it's like it's like turn the light on. I love it. Um, I've been to, to California, been to Maryland, been to Connecticut, uh, getting ready to go to Albany, um, not Albany, Alabama. And this allows Florida. you to really expand your, your reach. Yeah, you know, when uh, I, I teach, uh, we have people call all the time uh, here locally. Um, hey, you know, with all these shooters, we would like to educate our employees on workplace violence and what to do. 
I go out and do that. Uh, somebody up at uh, the new uh, Broom Developmental called me. The, called the sheriff the other day. He's my boss, and I say I got to go through him. Um, and they wanted a, a situation awareness. You know what? You know for the citizens, civilians to look for. Excuse me. I go up and I do a presentation for them. Um, I don't get paid any extra for that. But you know what? It, it, listen, if people are coming to us, and, and I can use my expertise to help somebody in a situation, I go. Um, but like I said, um, I travel quite a bit for this other company. Um, and I, I do, obviously, uh, I'm part of Senator Axjar's staff. And uh, these, these doors have opened up for me. And uh, I, I never would have imagined them doing it, but, but apparently people see qualities in me. And, uh, and that's, that's great because, again, I, to me, it's because you're a transparent person. You, 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 you are who you are. You yeah. stick to your convictions. Yeah, yeah, and I think yeah. it's good. And more people need to do this in yeah. life. Because when they do, when they hide behind that mask, right. it's, it's hard to get past that. And, and I think people could see that. Right. When you're yourself yeah. and you love what you do and you're able to show that, oh, doors open. Listen, man, uh, uh, watching your, your, your previous uh, interviews, I'm sitting there going, man, tight suit. Senator Axtar, the suit, and I'm sitting there going, that's when I sent you the text. I'm like, man, do I have to? Because my, my wife is, uh, she's been huge, instrumental in, in me networking and going. Because one, one of the biggest things, when I leave work, where you're just talking about shutting down, what most people don't know, I, I like to be alone. I don't like to talk. I just, I like to tinker, like my father. I guess that's one of the things I get. You know, I kind of resort back to my roots. I never forget where I come from. I never forget who I, because it's me. But when you need something from me, I'm here. You know, man, I, I, I just am. And it's not like a, a fake appearance. It's, it's not, I just, but when I'm home, I just like to, to shut it down and uh, just kind of relax. Uh, you know, I'm up. So when I text you, I said, do I have to dress up? Listen, I'm riding a motorcycle, what I can, yeah. And, and I didn't want to be disrespectful to you. And that's why I said, man, well, what, what do I wear? You know, but I'm, I'm happy. And, and, and anybody else who knows me, I'm, listen, man, when I go home, I'm just very relaxed. So let's talk about that. So you, you have a bike. You just mentioned you have a bike. Mm -hmm. you're, you're wearing a Bike Week yeah. logo on your shirt. Yeah. That's one of your passions. When I was younger, growing up where I did, um, I, I was pretty mischievous. Um, I, I did some things, you know, as kids do, and um, I ended up getting in a little trouble when I was a kid, uh, 12 years old, uh, right before my father passed. And um, I had to go talk to a probation officer for, you know, I was 12 years old. I'll never forget this woman's name, Bonnie Fulmer in Steuben County. She was a, you talk about someone who's leaving an impression on you. I remember her name. I remember her, her appearance, and uh, it was like, man, but... My father realized, I, I just like to, to go. Um, dirt bikes. He started buying me dirt bikes. And I fell in love with it. I would get off the school bus and I would get on that bike and just ride for hours. Um, we had a, a motocross track right behind our house, you know, about a mile or two away. And I would go up there as a kid and watch. And, uh, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, but he would always buy me because he knew it occupied me and I loved it. And, um, I rode dirt bikes up until I was 16, and as soon as I turned 16, um, I would trade it in and had street bikes ever since. I've had probably about maybe 17, 18 different street bikes at this point. 
Uh, the bike, I have two now. Um, and I love it. I just love it. That's, that's you know, uh, you talk about, you know, just sit back being quiet. Nobody can call you. Um, nobody can talk to you. You're just riding, enjoying it. Um, I'm amazed that I can travel to all the things I do. Uh, we're getting ready to go to Laconia in June. Nice. I love it. I just like, it's, it's a way to get away and have fun um, and also just enjoy what I like. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. So you've been to Daytona. Yes. Now, what's the one out west? They do a big one. Sturgis. 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 Uh, we were, uh, uh, a group of friends of mine, we were going to try to go this year. But with the academy going on, it, it's hard to really to get away because no, there's nobody there to do my job when I'm gone. And, you know, like I said, these days, I can't say I'm babysitting, but uh, I'm their support. I'm sure. their immediate supervisor. And um, I just choose not to go because to go out there, you're talking, you need it's two weeks. Yeah. I don't. Sheriff would let me go, you know what I mean, because he, he approves um, my, my stuff, but uh, I don't go. You know, Daytona is before the academy. Um, the one that we're going to, Laconia, we're just going to take like a long weekend and go there. Um, I go to Ocean City Bike Week uh, nice. every year in September. Again, just a long weekend. I just love it. Um, uh, the job affords me to, to have all this fun. I do my, I do my job, and it awards, rewards me by allowing me to, to buy my toys. It's a good balance because you need yeah, that, right? Yeah, you know, um, I, I don't have anything crazy, you know, expensive. I, 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 I don't care used, you know. I'm, I, I don't have to have the best, you know, and I don't try to be flashy. And I would hope anybody thinks by, by even talking about the motorcycles I have, too. It's just, I like it. You know, it's what I do. And anybody who knows me, I always have. I have always had a motorcycle, you know, and uh, it makes me smile to even think about it. You know, so, yeah. Cool. So, if you were to go back and talk to the 20-year-old Sammy, knowing everything you know now, what advice would you give him? Oh, be more respectful to my other half earlier in life not put uh, her through so much turmoil. That, that would be the first and foremost thing. Um, that, 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 yeah, um, read more. Education, because like I told you, my upbringing education was not, uh, it was not such an importance put on it. The things that I'm doing now, uh, I'm so grateful um, that, that I picked it up later you know, it took me 10 years to get my bachelor's degree. And I probably wouldn't even get it going back to when I started because we dropped out of college, my wife and I, and we moved here. Um, we were going to Broome, you know, we got, got into Broome. I was like, yeah, whatever. So we started taking class together. But we were so competitive, you know, and I'm thinking, she ain't going to get a degree and leave me. You know, it, you know, it was kind of a joke, running joke, but... When you're young, those are kind of the Yeah, but we were older, so we did it the hard way. You know, we were going to school that, on nights. And uh, so I would tell that 20-year-old, stay in school. Get it done when you're young. Um, you know, going to school when you're older. It, it, it was meaningful to me because I was able to meet the key people at the right times. When I was working my bachelor's degree, there was a, a, a gentleman who is now deceased, uh, Ira Tolbert. <laughs> Makes me want to cry thinking about this man. It was a bad point in my life, and I'm trying to, to get through uh, my education. My wife had finished hers, and I just, I was struggling. Black professor, big class, and uh, there, there was this book, and most of his class was, read this book. 
it was just, I just, I wasn't a big reader. And he gave me every option to finish this book. I failed his class. And I never returned the book. And uh, it must have been a couple years later. I remember we were moving some stuff in the house, and I found this book. I said, I need to return this book to this man. He had passed. So I never got a chance to, to return the book. Never got a chance to tell him, thank you for at least keep giving me the efforts to learn. I ended up getting back in school, and uh, I met another guy, Professor Leo Wilton. Young black man. And I kept thinking, you see very few black professors. His class was awesome. And I said, you know what? And that's when I started thinking about possibly teaching. I said, man, he really would give you an article to read, book, whatever to read, but then you come in and it's like a discussion. I met some people that I'm still friends with today, and this was, God, I mean, I graduated in 2002. It, those moments in life, and now when I go into the classroom, I remember them. I remember them. And I say, if... If you can find different ways to make people learn, give them opportunities, because not everybody will take the first opportunity for one reason or another. You know, again, you don't know what somebody's got going on at home. And um, I, I, I think about those two men that were my professors. And I tell you what, I, I, I just I hope that a, one of these students someday says that about me. You know what I'm saying? Because the, not that I'm on top of the world in everybody's eyes, but in my eyes. I, I couldn't do any better. I couldn't do any better. And I'm, awesome. I'm happy. Plan it forward. You know, so. And that's what's important. I think it's taking advantage of the situations when the doors open, mm -hmm. that, that you take advantage of those to open doors for others, uh, which, which you're doing, like you said, paying it forward. Yeah. And um, Sam, this has been mm -hmm. an incredible discussion. I, sit here for hours I, I you know and, and I'm so glad that we connected and I want to remain friends and you're part of the American yeah, real family now yeah, yeah. and um, there's just so much to your backstory that I could see how all of that <sighs> led up to the man that you are today yeah. and, and you're doing some great things for our community and I and thank you for your service because uh, thank you it's important to me that we have leaders in law enforcement and it's important for our young kids to, right. to see those leaders and hopefully some of them will want to take that on as a career. So, Train the so next generation. Yeah, right, right. right. Um, well, thank you for having me. Um, thank you for listening. As I, I don't, a lot of this stuff I don't, I don't ever talk about, um, but uh, I'm, I'm honored to, to sit here when uh, some of the other people have sat, but, but you're very, um, you're, you're a good man. Well, feelings um, mutual, but I can't let you go yet because I have one last question. Right. that I ask every guest, and I want to ask you is, what do you want your legacy to be? Huh. I want to be remembered as an officer who did what he was supposed to. I don't want to be looked at any better than anybody else, but I want them to say that, that he was the best officer that he can be that that's it you know um 
I don't want any awards, accolades. I just, I, I want to be known as a person who did the job, whatever it is that, that it gave them, you know, and uh, I just want people to smile when, when they think of me. He was a good officer. He, he's, that, that, that's it, you know. Um, I don't think I'm any special than the next person, but I chose this job, and I, I just want to do it the best of my abilities, and I want people to remember me for that. That's it. Well, I'm proud of you, and I'm honored to know you, and thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much.